side, I think. So we see shifts in, in the level of the yen coming from, on the one hand, stagnant uh, monetary policy domestically, but the movements are really driven by uh, external uh, factors, in particular news coming from the U.S. Okay, John, sadly, we've run out of time. But thank you very much. That's John Byrne, Vice Chair of Research at the Asian Development Bank Institute. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. And in Japan, stocks are rebounding this morning. The Nikkei 225 is up about one and a third percent. In Australia, similar story for the ASX 200, also up 1.3 percent. The Cosby in South Korea is rallying one percent at the open. And as we wait for Hong Kong stocks to open in an hour's time, we're expecting the Hang Seng to add on about 300 points when trading gets going this morning. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Do please join me again for that. Stay tuned for Back Chat after the news with Jim Gould and Ada Wong. The weather forecast for today, strong north to northeasterly winds, which are going to be occasionally gale force, cloudy with occasional rain. It is going to be appreciably cooler, temperatures around 22 degrees going to remain windy in the next couple of days and then a few showers on Wednesday. Uh, the strong wind signal number three is in force. It's 22 degrees, 55% relative humidity. Times 8.31. Here's Barry O'Rourke with the half-hour news. A senior Chinese Communist Party official says corruption has been firmly curbed. Speaking at a press conference at the National People's Congress in Beijing yesterday, the deputy head of the Central Commission for Discipline Inspection, Xiao Pei, said this was thanks to President Xi Jinping's drive to purge corrupt officials, which began a decade ago. He noted that of all the officials investigated in the campaign, 48% had committed their first acts of corruption and misconduct more than 10 years ago. He said only 11% had committed their first offences in the past five years. Mr Xiao said this illustrated the fight against corruption has been successful. Nothing can easily bring down a government like corruption. The fight against corruption is the most thorough form of self-reform. The report of the 20th Party Congress made the important assessment that in the new era we carried out unprecedented fight against corruption, achieved overwhelming victories and fully cemented the gains. Hong Kong's only National People's Congress Standing Committee member, Tam Yu Chung, says people should not expect the central government to ease border restrictions once the Communist Party's National Congress wraps up at the end of this week. Speaking on RTHK, Mr Tam said more infectious Covid variants were emerging and there was a need to avoid major outbreaks. Just because we're hoping for an immediate reopening of the border once the 20th Party Congress ends doesn't mean it will happen. It's just not realistic. The British Prime Minister Liz Truss has said she accepts responsibility for mistakes in the government's financial strategy since she took office. Ms Truss was speaking in her first interview since the new finance minister, Jeremy Hunt, announced what has been described as the biggest ever U-turn in British economic policy. The Prime Minister said she wanted to apologise. I completely acknowledge that there have been mistakes. I have acted swiftly to fix those mistakes. I've been honest about what those mistakes were. And what we now need to do is move forward and deliver for the country. That's ultimately what people care about. 
Earlier, the opposition Labour Party leader, Keir Starmer, accused Miss Truss of hiding after she sent a minister to answer questions in Parliament in her place. And finally, the mayor of Moscow says army draft officers are to stop recruiting reservists as the Russian capital's mobilisation quota has been met. He said any remaining summons were no longer valid. There's been a popular backlash in, Russia, in Russian big cities as videos emerged of recruiting officers chasing young men through the streets or organising checkpoints outside metro stations and shopping malls. And there'll be more news on the hour from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Jim Gould and your guest presenter today is Ada Wong. Good morning, Ada. Good morning, Jim. On today's programme, we're going to talk about the minimum wage, which reports say could be increased from $37.50, the current rate, to $40 next year. And that will be after a four-year freeze. The Minimum Wage Commission started a review in April and it's understood it will submit its proposal to the Executive Council by the end of this month. The new rate, if approved, would be likely to take effect next May. We'll also be looking at the dispute involving food panda couriers who've been staging strike action over a new map system, which they say has resulted in reduced pay. And after 9.15, we'll turn our attention to the results of tests conducted by the Consumer Council on 13 types of children's toothpaste, which found that three of them were too acidic. Let us know what you think on any of these topics. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233-88266. And we're now uh, joined on the line by Lam Chun Singh, uh, a lawmaker from the Federation of Hong Kong and Kowloon Labour Unions, and Jimmy Kwok, an employer representative on the Labour Advisory Board. Uh, uh, Lam Chung Singh, if we could start with you. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning. So uh, it's been uh, a, a while now, since 2019, that the minimum wage has been increased. Uh, uh, we should say, of course, at the outset that the, uh, the discussions among the con Commission are uh, confidential. Uh, we don't know exactly what they've decided, what the new figure may be, but it, the reports are fairly widespread that uh, $40 is the figure being talked about. Uh, um, do you think that will be enough? Um, yet I think a little bit disappointed, but I think uh, the situation is better than two years ago. Um, maybe the glasswood worker may have salary increase. And, and because the government froze the minimum wages level at that time, and now if the minimum wages is uh, adjusted to $40, and according to the survey report of the statistic department last year, it's estimated that about 73,000 workers will directly benefit. And if the minimum wages level is adjusted to $40 per hour and 6.7% increase, and I think it can catch up the inflation rate for the past two years, but the current minimum wages level 37.5 per hour start at 2019, and the government froze the minimum wages level two years ago, but the glasswood worker also faced the inflation. So if the minimum wages level is adjusted to 
forty dollar, and it will implement uh, in May next year. This means for some of the grasswood workers, they do not have salary adjustment for four years, and it's difficult for them to maintain the purchasing power and living standard. And according to the statistic department information, about fourteen、uh, thousand grasswood workers in Hong Kong now. Still receive the minimum wages, and they do not have salary increase for more than three years. I think that's the problem.、Mm. Yes,、um, Mr. Lam, what is the sort of figure that you are looking for that、uh, will give, give more protection、uh, to these grassroots workers? And I think is、uh, is the inflation, and and I think the minimum wages level because. We we submit our suggestions to minimum wages commission, and our suggestions is forty six dollar per hour, and and because uh, uh, we believe that the minimum wages levels should not be lower than the amount of comprehensive social security assistance, and we use the amount of、uh, comprehensive social security assistance for two person family. Because Hong Kong's population is seven、uh, million, but the working population is about three point five million. So this means usually one person go to work and they need to support one more person and family member living. So we use two person family comprehensive、uh, social security assistance level to have a reference on minimum wages level, and the amount is about nine thousand something per month. Uh, including the rent allowance. So, if a worker work 26 days a month and eight hours a day, and the hourly rate is around 46 dollar, so it's a reasonable wage level to afford the grasswood worker to meet their、uh, daily basic living expense. But of course, we understand that there's still a gap between the suggestions of minimum wages commission. And the expectation of labor sector, but we will continue to listen the opinion of the public and and our、uh, and the opinion of our trade unions, which is related to the low income industries such as security guard and cleaning worker, to see、uh, whether we will accept the amount. Okay,、uh, let's bring in、uh, Jimmy Kwok,、uh, employer representative on the Labor Advisory Board. Good morning to you. Yeah.、Um, yeah. I believe the eight dollars、um, is only two point five dollars increase,、mm. and also as、uh, very close to、uh, the inflation rate. I think that、uh, should be very accepted, and it won't be、uh, too much additions to the existing operation in the business sectors.、Um, that that I I only I think that some、um, uh, very is it.、Uh, um, The people with on, on the、um, L, LPS, the low-income sectors are,、uh, are very limited in number.、Uh, it's only 0.5 percent among the, all the、um, uh, work, working、um, employees. So、uh, it it won't help a lot, but certainly we will have the low-income people and getting、um, um, a, a better increasement. And also, it's a、uh, severance um, um, and having、uh, a good signs、uh, on the social economic、um, 
Uh, uh, situations. Mm, mm. But w w what about um, Lam Chung Singh's uh, argument that uh, it should be uh, compared at least with the uh, uh, Comprehensive Social Security Allowance, CSSA? I mean, it's better that people uh, work to support themselves rather than uh, living on government handouts, uh, isn't it? So shouldn't it be sort of tied more to uh, CSSA levels? Uh, of course, uh, you, you might think, think um, uh, to increase the minimum wages would attract uh, the newcomers to the uh, to the business sector in operations and will ease off the tensions of the shortage of labor in uh, nowadays, uh, in particular in the restaurant sectors. But however, um, the the uh, the people in the in these categories for the minimum wages, but very little in in. Um, in in the market, uh, well, I I think that the employers are very easy. Uh, the government has a subsidies and given to the low income people and encourage them to go back to work uh, for a minimum working hour or, and to maximum working hour, and all, all depends on the low income uh, level status. Uh, their wishes to work. Uh, according to the family uh, uh, responsibility, if possible, they can work for a few hours a, a day in the different uh, sections. So it helped the, 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 the market when uh, they found the shortage of labor. Uh, it, it did this, the, the, the way that if you increase the minimum wages to among and exist uh, the total allowable uh, income level, and um, they might not be easy to accept to to work on uh, the same working hours as before. So, in the sense that it will decrease the the, the labor uh, force uh, in the in in working uh, at the restaurants or, or some um, uh, very like a training and uh, uh, security in the estate managements. Um, Mr. Kwok, uh, the minimum yeah. wage has been set to protect um, the grassroots. Uh, yeah. But as you said, um, there are you know over three million uh, working population in Hong Kong, and now nowadays only um, you know a small number of them are really grassroots workers getting thirty-seven point five per uh, hour. Uh, I mean, my 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 thinking would be. Um, you know, even if we raise it to $45 uh, uh, per hour, it doesn't really affect the vast majority of businesses because obviously they might already be paying their security guards or cleaners, um, you know, this sort of rate already. So, um, yeah. and, and there's a four-year freeze. So since 2019 to the uh, implementation of the new rate next year, there's a four-year yeah. freeze. Now, four years is, is a long time, and, and most people, you know, do have a raise each year. Even during yeah. the pandemic, so um, so uh, uh, did the um, um, labor advisory board um, discuss uh, this sort of a perspective? Uh, we haven't uh, we haven't had that in agenda yet uh, because of uh, three, uh, three, four, five, three, four years, and as you said earlier, that under the pandemic and also the economic situation in Hong Kong is not. Uh, good as uh, the last 10 years. So um, the, the increments of the wages are, are now is becoming uh, not as uh, the years in uh, before um, 20, uh, 2018, 
Um, so, and now, it, the, um, the business is not good. Everybody knows. And in particular, employees are knowing uh, what the business is uh, profitable or still in a, a great loss. So in this case, I believe that employers and uh, employees uh, have to be um, working together and to see how to get the business back and how to surviving um, the, the, the business be, be, uh, before the, the business closed down. I, I think the situation is totally different as, uh, as before. So uh, the protections for the lower um, income level people, uh, it also is very difficult now to put that, um, that pressure on the shoulder of the employers because uh, and everybody know, and government in the world has uh, and given a lot of incentive and support to <laughs> to add to the enterprise, and hoping them still and see how they, they could uh, maintain the operation in the market. So um, it's not as only a protection uh, and and give it responsibility to the enterprise to the employers. Mm. To be fair. Mm. Um, Mr. Lamb, so the, the Minimum Wage Commission, it, it needs to uh, maintain a balance between uh, trying to prevent uh, excessively low wages, but also um, to minimise the loss of low-paid jobs. I mean, do you think the minimum wage has been able to uh, achieve that, uh, you know, over the years, over, since 2011, when it, uh, when it was implemented? Uh, yes. From the uh, statistic department um, and, and since the implementation of minimum wages in 2011 and, and the female workforce has increased by uh, I think more than uh, 200,000 and most of them engage in many frontline service industries and they also support the industry and support the Hong Kong economy. So as we can see that higher wages and we set uh, appropriate minimum wages level can attract the female join the workforce. So we have uh, seen that there's a positive impact if we can set uh, appropriate minimum wages level. Mm. Uh, uh, Mr. Kwok? Yes, um, I, I, I would like to make um, another angle to see um, uh, that, that case is, is uh, before implementations of the minimum wages uh, is on the uh, uh, 2009, uh, that, that would have a lower um, income status. It's, it's about uh, 230,000, it's about 30% of the total uh, uh, of the low income levels. Uh, and now, if, uh, on, now it's only 0.5%. So it's only 14,000 uh, something. It's still um, uh, getting the, the, the minimum wages. It, it, it's from 30% and down to uh, 0.5%. It's a lot of uh, in, in, uh, improvements. So the, before the minimum wages uh, commission, the mission is to to get um, to protect the minimum with low income level sectors. The, the 
the worker says that now it's only 0.5%. So it's, it's already uh, having a great success. But of course, in the future, and how we continue to keep the minimum wages effectively and uh, to protect the, the minimum uh, wage payout to the, to, to the people and to encourage them to work. On another hand, the employers also need to find a, a wide range of the different uh, wage levels on, in the business operations. And on the cleaning side, every uh, business sector should have a cleaning uh, uh, workers in service. But of course, they, they are only maybe a few percent, only a few percent, uh, compare with the, the total they employ the, the uh, people in the business operations. But if you push up this to a 46 as, a, as the, 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 my, my, uh, the, the employees associations as came that, that uh, it will push up, uh, not allowing the, and, uh, the employers to employ any workers below this level, $46 an hour. Oh, that would limit it, and some uh, workers, they are willingly to go out for working, but they are uh, happy to work only for uh, a few hours, and then they, they might be able to take a rest at home. Uh, in this uh, perspective, if you increase the minimum wages to a high level, it also would discourage and these working workers to working in these particular sections. So that's my the different approach. Uh, I, I think that uh, the world, uh, not the, the, the society in the world, and also have the different wages uh, um, uh, uh, lev level, but if you get too close to the average uh, wages level, it will limit a lot of chances for the uh, business to get into a new operation to consider any new opening uh, business activities. Uh, that 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 should be seriously considered uh, before we go ahead for increasing the minimum wages hour uh, to a certain level like um, leaving wages. Okay. Right. That's uh, what I worry. Um, Mr. Lam, uh, just um, looking forward, um, you know, the society has changed a lot with uh, technology advances uh, since the introduction of the minimum wage 11 odd years ago. Nowadays, if you go to fast food uh, chains and if you go to the bigger restaurants, you will see the automated robots, you know, um, helping to pass the dishes from the kitchen uh, to each table. And, um, and they're very efficient, they don't complain, and they don't need to be paid a minimum wage. So, um, and a lot of people are talking about the future of work and um, the future of automation, and it seems like that um, um, sooner or later we will have uh, fewer jobs available to these grassroots workers. And, um, they, and, and so I think um, definitely I, I would think that you know, to give them more protection, not only the minimum wage needs to be reconsidered and raised, but perhaps... Um, Retraining needs um, of these workers. What What are your thoughts on these bigger issues, Mr. Lam? Uh, yes, I, 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 
I agree with that uh, because uh, uh, I think there's the two issue, two different issues, and and we also uh, suggest that the labor to upgrade their skill and because the economic change and many new industry and, and now the society and the economy uh, situation is uh, different from the past uh, 10 years or 20 years ago and the labor uh, need to upgrade their skill and now we have uh, the employees retraining board to provide retraining program for our labor and upgrade their skill and so that they can uh, uh, take a new job and I, I, I think uh, that's the direction but on the other hand the minimum wages level is uh, just to protect the grassroots worker and the, the lack of bargaining power and the minimum wages level can protect them to maintain their uh, basic living and the basic living standard I think that's uh, also important and and I also want to add a point that, uh, according, uh, of course, we, we understand the minimum wages level will create some financial burden to the employer, maybe. And I think we, we understand the situation of the employer and we have communication. And I, I just want to point out that according to the information provided by the Minimum Wages Commission, Assuming that the minimum wages level at $40, the estimate increase in wage expenditure is only 0.2% for the low pay sector. And there is almost no impact for other industries. So we believe that uh, if the minimum wages level is adjusted to $40 and most of the employer can afford it, but I think the minimum wages level is uh, the need to protect the grassroots worker and and I also agree with you that uh, the, the employees the employees need to upgrade their skill and maybe join the retraining program and, and learn some new skill and to to get the opportunity for the future I think mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mr. Kwok yeah, yeah, would you go along with that? So, so um, low-paid uh, employees they should be encouraged to retrain and and learn new skills as technology changes. Uh, certainly, yes, mm. um, uh, and also we will uh, encourage the business sector to consider and how they uh, have the uh, 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 equipment to help on the estate management. Um, um, uh, company, uh, for instance, uh, uh, like uh, CTV surveillance uh, uh, control, uh, that that would help uh, ease off the uh, the operation cost. Uh, depending of the uh, 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 the people at the at the post uh, in the estate. Uh, and also, that's a lot of uh, different smart, uh, um, uh, uh, we, we call the smart uh, city use, uh, the uh, surveillance, uh, many others uh, like the remote control. Well, that would easily to, uh, to replace uh, not that many uh, work, workforce uh, incursions in order asset management. That's encouraging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, 
so eventually, I think the starting point really should be um, uh, like a, um, you know having reference to the government's um, comprehensive so- social security allowance, and. So, so because we we do want people to work, we we really want to encourage people to work instead of relying on the government subsidy. So you know, if if the CSSA is actually higher than the minimum wage, um, it will be a big blow to uh, people's work motivation. Uh, of course, if you you could have a smart um, um, equipment to help your asset management, and you also you can uh, have a smart uh, um, equipment to have the cleaner and get the job done easily and less uh, um, uh, less work power uh, on on each uh, sectors because the cleaning uh, sectors are, are are in the different enterprise. So. Um, if you encourage the people to work less, and they can earn uh, a lot more in the in hourly pay, so, so it will increase the the, the incomes. But if, if without that smart equipment, they, they they just cannot create the the, the additional uh, value to the job. So I I, I certainly encourage that the, the the government to have more uh, training and also. close there yeah thank you very thanks thanks very much for speaking to us so we've got the news coming up at nine o'clock we'll be back uh, at three minutes past Uh, thank you very much to both of our guests in the first part of the program Uh, currently the temperature is uh, 23 degrees humidity is at 56 percent the strong wind number three signal is still in effect listen to the news on rthk And welcome back to Back Chat with Ada Wong and me, Jim Gould. And uh, before nine o'clock, we were talking about uh, the minimum wage prospects uh, for the minimum wage. uh, Widespread reports that uh, the amount uh, payable is going to go up from $37.50 an hour to $40 an hour. And that uh, would be introduced probably um, next year. That after, of course... um, uh, it not having gone up since uh, 2019. Um, uh, we had to end quite uh, sharpish before nine o'clock, so we were coming up to the news. But I'd just like to say uh, a thank you to our, our guests that we had on earlier, uh, Lam Chung Singh, a lawmaker from the Federation of Hong Kong and Kowloon Labour Unions. And thank you to uh, Jimmy Kwok, the, um, an employer representative on the Labour Advisory Board. Um, for this part of the programme, we were planning to turn our attention uh, to a dispute involving uh, Food Panda uh, delivery uh, workers. Um, I think uh, I'm not quite sure if we've been able to get hold of our guest uh, so far, but um, we'll keep trying. Um, have an email here from uh, listener Martin. This relates to a short topic that we were discussing uh, yesterday. 
um, at the end of the programme. By the way, uh, if you want to get in touch, uh, you can uh, email us at backchat at rthk.hk. You can leave a message on our Facebook page at backchat on rthk radio 3. You can call us on 233-88266. Anyway, uh, listener Martin uh, commenting on the short topic that we discussed yesterday, and that was the quality of life of elderly uh, South Asian residents uh, in the community. And this as a result of um, an academic study that had been uh, conducted by the uh, Metropolitan University. Um, anyway, Martin says, uh, Dear Backchat, yesterday you discussed the quality of life of elderly South Asians in the community and the need for better inclusion into the fabric of society. Surely the first step should be to provide access to public radio. It is deplorable that while RTHK has been subject to a radical makeover, no mention has been made of the failure to improve reception of the only English language channel that broadcasts a variety of programmes in languages such as Nepalese, Urdu and Tagalog. It is disgraceful that the EM community is not only deprived of entertainment but also of access to public announcements and information on public events because the reception of RTHK Radio 3 is third world in many districts. This is despite... Uh, that uh, many uh, references in discussion on its charter with regard to providing a service for the EM community. Martin, yeah, thank you for that, uh, Martin. Yeah, it is true that uh, we are territory-wide on the AM service, AM567, which uh, does not have a great uh, universal reception. It depends where you live and the uh, nature of the topography. Uh, we are on uh, FM in certain districts, but... Um, that's not a main part of the service. I mean, of course, um, people can always listen online. Um, a lot of our listeners uh, listen online through through their uh, laptop or desktop. Uh, you can listen uh, uh, via mobile. Uh, we've got uh, some very good mobile apps, including RTHK On The Go, RTHK News, RTHK Mine. Um, you can access the... The, uh, the Radio 3 uh, service uh, from those apps, um, which are all free. And yes, we do have uh, minority language programmes on Sunday. Uh, Saptahek Sandesh in, in Nepalese, uh, Hong Kong Kisham in Urdu. And, um, and we have uh, also on uh, Sunday afternoons uh, our programme, which is in Tagalog uh, and English, a uh, uh, bilingual uh, show there. Um, now, um, I'm not sure whether we uh, have our guest yet on the food panda issue. Um, nope. Okay. Um, right. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, just a moment. Um, I think what we'll do is because, um, well, we'll keep trying for a little while. Um, I'll just read out a statement that we got from Food Panda because we did invite the company to come onto the programme. Uh, we did have uh, one of the couriers lined up to take part uh, in the discussion, but uh, we're obviously having a problem getting hold of, uh, getting hold of the courier. So, um, so Food Panda did give us a statement, um, just a bit of background first. Uh, so a group of couriers have been uh, staging a strike action over the weekend um, and uh, in Kowloon Bay and also outside the Chingy MTR station. Um, 
And, uh, okay, just quickly tell you what the, uh, what the statement from Food Panda was. It says that we're aware of couriers taking action to express their opinions and demands. First of all, we'd like to express our gratitude to the couriers who've been con continuing to carry out their duty. At this time, we'd like to re reiterate that we've responded and addressed the 15 demands raised by the fleet last year. We understand couriers' concerns about their income, uh, but none of our initiatives were launched with the intention to reduce overall service fees. This is, of course, the couriers uh, complaining that a new map system using Google Maps introduced by the company has resulted in them um, receiving uh, less pay, the statement goes on. Uh, we launched the new Google Maps function, which was requested by the fleet to ensure a more accurate and fair measurement of the actual distance our couriers travel. After the launch of the new function, we have, in fact, increased our investment into distance service fees by 17%. On average, the fleet received higher service fees for all zones and all vehicle types, while 65% of orders are being paid more, especially long-distance orders. In fact, we've been in close communication with the fleet. For example, our operations team personally visited 20 zones across Hong Kong to collect feedback from couriers, including those from Tun Mun, Kwon Tong and Kowloon Bay, who also expressed their feedback uh, tonight. However, we were disappointed to see only a few couriers join those sessions. In spite of this, we'll still continue to listen to our couriers' feedback back closely and never cease to make improvements. We also have a weekly face-to-face -face meetings set up with our couriers at the Rider Hub in Chimsa Choi with the purpose of meeting more couriers in person and hopefully achieving constructive results. That's a statement from uh, Food Panda on the current dispute. As I say, uh, unfortunately not able to uh, talk to uh, the uh, the rider, the Food Panda delivery rider, who we had uh, lined up for this part of the programme. Never mind, it's an issue that we'll probably be able to return to at some stage. Um, so, um, for the next uh, for the next five or ten minutes or so, we're going to uh, actually return to our previous topic, and that is the minimum wage, because uh, we have another guest uh, on the line to talk about it, and that is Dr. Uh, Rita Lee, uh, Associate Professor at the Department of Economics and Finance at Hong Kong Chu Yan University. Uh, thanks for coming on to the programme. Good morning. Morning. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so we were talking before about the prospect of the minimum wage being yep. uh, raised uh, to uh, $40 from the current 37.50. Of course, it hasn't been increased uh, since May 2019. Um, um, how much of a difference do you think that is going to make uh, to you know, the, the, the welfare of the low paid and also what effect is it likely to have on um, the, 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 the lower paid uh, jobs uh, strata in society? Well, actually, for the uh, minimum wage, when we talk about the minimum wage, a lot of circumstances that we, we, we may have got a, uh, an idea that it's like if we have got a low, uh, a higher minimum wage, that it would be beneficial to those like uh, who are in the grassroots, right? But then a lot of circumstances, uh, if the minimum wage is too high, then it may be like some companies that they may stop using, uh, they may stop hiring this kind of uh, labor. So um, what we have seen actually within these couple of months, I, I'm not sure whether or not that all of us have got a similar observation. We have got less uh, food ordering from like um, uh, like uh, from Food Panda or from others uh, companies, and then uh, so that to a certain extent, it is not a. Uh, it does not mean that well, we have got a uh, that we we, we have. Um, uh, a very huge demand uh, from these like food delivery when we have got uh, more and more 
uh, restaurants, uh, when, when the restaurants that they are open for, like uh, a table of 12, for example. And then uh, to a certain extent uh, for the uh, minimum wage in itself, uh, we would like to have got a uh, uh, protection for those like uh, grassroots, but it does not mean that if there is like very high and then we, it is still beneficial because after all the restaurant will try to calculate. So uh, if they can uh, earn a lot more profit when they uh, hire these like uh, these people, as otherwise they will, will try to cut them and then try to like uh, uh, they they will, they may uh, you you may have seen that actually there are a lot of restaurants that they close and there are a lot more supermarket as well. So you just tell us that uh, the restaurants uh, and when we talk about the restaurants demand they also drop. So uh, for the minimum wage, we have to strike a balance, uh, not too high and not too low, so that it will be able to protect the, uh, the, 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 the workers. And then if we try to look at, like, for example, in the United States, that the minimum wage is like 15 US dollar. So if we try to put the same case in Hong Kong, I guess a lot of uh, a lot of the restaurants they cannot, they may not be able to survive if we try to raise in, in, in such a high level, for example. Mm. Um, Dr. Lee, uh, I, I think you know society has changed. Uh, just now, you were mentioning um, Food Panda. Now that um, sort of delivery service uh, didn't exist uh, because we didn't have apps uh, eleven years ago when the minimum wage was introduced. Yeah. So I can see that, for example, housewives when they have several hours of free time during the day after sending their kids to kindergarten, they will be gig workers. Um, they would probably pick up a parcel from, you know, point A and deliver it uh, via MTR to uh, point B. And um, and they, they are paid, um, I mean, probably better than the minimum wage. Now, um, so gig workers, um, you know, have their own problems like the food panda drivers. Um, uh, but uh, eventually, you know, when you look at the next 10 years, uh, do you think there might be more gig workers, but unfortunately they are not protected by the minimum wage because they are freelance workers and they are not um, employees and they don't really have any employees' insurance as well? Well, uh, this is what actually a lot of the overseas market that they are talking about, like uh, we have to give them some uh, protection and then this is what uh, even United States that they are also talking about the same topic. But then the main problem is that uh, when we set the wage at too high level, actually, so uh, if that's the case, so why do we need to hire these all the gig workers, for example? So uh, why don't we stick back to like monthly pay and then uh, uh, and then this sort of people that they they may not be. Uh, and we are not trying to protect them actually if the if the wage is too high. So um, uh, just like for example, when we talk about another topic that is like uh, for the uh, for the minimum uh, minimum rent, for example, for the housing. Ultimately, in Greece, for example, some of the housing uh, landlord landlord even that they stop high they they stop uh, renting out the house. So similar logic they applies. If the minimum wage is too high, so probably uh, the the owner of the restaurant they will work as like uh, cleaning the toilet and then cleaning the floor and then and then uh, maybe as a cook and uh, maybe washing dishes. Uh, so that we actually have got some other thing that we have seen. For example, the family, the whole family won the restaurant. So uh, they try not to hire anybody anymore. They just uh, work as a family and then they just work uh, by themselves. And then uh, uh, like originally they have to hire five workers. Now they only hire like uh, three workers because uh, of the fact that they don't, they don't want to spend so much, so much cost. Uh, we can uh, actually the observation of like more supermarket it, it is already a kind of like signal tell, telling us that the 
the market is not doing good. Because actually, if the market is doing good, then you 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 won't go to supermarket to buy like food to cook, but then you will go to a restaurant, the very fancy restaurant to 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 have your dinner and also have the lunch. But then if you go to the super, uh, if you go to the shopping mall, uh, these couple of few weeks, you may realize that well, why there are more and more uh, uh, small scale supermarkets that they are they are opening. And then the number of restaurants, it seems that it's like closing. We have got more and more closer. Uh, uh, each of the month, we, ha- we may have heard some of the restaurants that are closing. So um, if we talk about such phenomenon, if the economy is not good, and then we still say that, well, we have to protect the, the employees and then to, to keep a minimum wage at a high level, then I am thinking that this is not really helping them. Rather, it's like probably leading to uh, 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 losing their job, actually. So... Um, uh, a lot of circumstances, we may just say that, hey, we can, uh, we, we, we can actually uh, protect them to, uh, to, to, to give them a sufficient uh, wage. But then, uh, well, ultimately, there are a lot of people that are laid off because of this reason as well. Because uh, after all, so if I have got a choice, like for example, I have got a choice that I have to use this such a high wage, then probably I may not hire housewife. Why not I hire, hire those that is like very young and then uh, maybe uh, university uh, students, but then they work as a part-time, right? So that, so that uh, to a certain extent, that, is not, uh, that, 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 is, that may not help this group of the people as well. Mm. I mean, it's often pointed out that Hong Kong has a, a very large uh, income disparity compared with uh, many other places. Uh, um, the, the minimum wage, I mean, it was a statutory minimum wage. I mean, you, you mentioned uh, New York. Um, it's about uh, uh, well you, in in the, in the US, most parts of the US I think uh, it's about fifteen US dollars an hour, right? So about one hundred and ten yep. Hong yep. Kong an hour. Could, uh, could you ever envisage a scenario where you know Hong Kong might be able to catch up with places like uh, the US, Europe, what? UK? <laughs> This is what I have mentioned. If we talk about the U.S., uh, the uh, New Yorker, as what you said, and as what I have said, mentioned about like 15 U.S. dollar. So you can imagine if we have to hire like you uh, hire them like uh, 15 U.S. dollar uh, per hour. There are a lot of the jobs that they will disappear as well. Like for example. Uh, nowadays, that uh, we have got a lot of the jobs. If we, uh, like, for example, we talk to like those banker, the banker may may give us a call, and then you find that well, why the Cantonese is so strange? And then I myself is a is a native Cantonese speaker, but I really cannot understand what they are talking about. The main reason is that they have already uh, moved the place of the call center to like mainland China or even to Malaysia, uh, where they talk to us uh, in, uh, in they can talk to us in Cantonese, but then the intonation and then uh, some of the uh, some of the wording obviously is not a it's not a hong kong local and then uh so this kind of job it can be like changed it can be moved to other places and then there are also some other jobs like for example it which is very obvious there are a lot of the jobs which can be like uh switch to other places to work because like for example in india obviously they are much more cheaper and then uh, in china this is much more cheaper and so as like other places so it also implies that there are a lot of the jobs that they where they they may they may ultimately disappear from the market if we try to like raise the minimum wage, catching up sort of like catching up to the U.S. market, uh, because Hong Kong, unlike the United States, where the rent is absolutely much more higher, okay, except for like uh, the downtown uh, New York. But then for places like, for example, when we talk about some of the places like I've been to, like Virginia Tech, for example, it's just a small town. But 
this this sort of like small town uh, places rental is absolutely low, a lot much more lower than Hong Kong. When the rate is high, fine, because the rate is high, that is like just part of the like, expenses. If you talk about even for the case of Hong Kong, rent is even a lot much more higher than the United States for the majority of cities, except, uh, except uh, like downtown uh, New York. That's that's of the downtown area. Then it just tell us that well, well, how can you how can you compete with these? Uh, uh, how can you how can you uh, uh, have got such a such kind of a competitive uh, uh, advantage if that's the case? So uh, because uh, we have got so much online job now, we have got a lot more jobs which can be done online. Like for example, we order all the clothes. Okay, we can actually pick up in some of the some of the uh, uh, boxes uh, in in in, uh, in everywhere now. So we we actually do not need to rely on human being. Like for some of the other uh, countries, they actually have got like robot try to serve them some of the noodles as well. Mm. So these are things that it can be replaced by machine as well. So um, there are a lot of like, for example, when we talk about supermarket, uh, what I can tell you is that I can foresee and envisage that after some certain years, there may be a lot more shops. It's just like the machines, the vending machine that we have seen on the streets. But they have tried to expand it. And so maybe we have got one shop with like uh, 100 vending machines or like uh, 20 vending machines to sell us something. We don't need to have like, a so- got a shopkeeper. Now, we are, if we are trying yeah. to use, uh, push the 15 US dollar, we are pushing to that direction. There is no human being for sale, selling something or whatever thing. Which may not be very desirable either. But, uh, okay, well, thank you very much for your perspective there. That's uh, Dr. Rita Lee, Associate Professor at the Department of Economics and Finance at uh, Hong Kong Xuyan University. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say. Right, and for the last uh, 10 minutes of the programme this morning, uh, we're turning our attention to another topic, and that is uh, advice from the uh, Consumer Council, uh, which is uh, warning parents to be careful when choosing uh, toothpaste for their children. Um, That's after it found that some of the products on sale here were too acidic. Uh, The the council examined 13 types of children's toothpaste. It found that three of them, under the brands uh, Elmex, Dr. Brown's and Tom's, had a pH level which was lower than the mainland standard. Uh, uh, And that means uh, essentially a lower pH level indicates higher acidity um, and, uh, and 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 several other uh, problems also found with uh, with fluoride and um, one or two other factors uh, to talk about this we're joined on the line by uh, dr flora chan who's a counselor with the hong kong dental association good morning to you thanks for joining us hello hello thanks for having me here uh, okay uh, you're welcome so um so how, how much of a problem could this be if uh, if uh, children's toothpaste is uh, too acidic well, uh, theoretically, we don't want uh, the toothpaste to be too acidic because um, in an acidic environment, the enamel of the, the, the tooth will start to dissolve. So we don't want the um, toothpaste to be too acidic because combined with the brushing, and then it may, it may dissolve the tooth substance, um, and it can be harmful to the tooth. Mm-hmm. However, there are many factors that come into play when we when we decide if the toothpaste is really harmful, like for example, how first first of all, how acidic it really is. For example, uh, like if we use lemon to brush, it's much more different than we use like peach or mango. It's like it is only 
slightly acidic is better than when it's very acidic. And also, about, um, it depends on how much toothpaste we use. Um, if we use according to the instruction, not a lot, and then it's not too acidic, it's fine. And also, it depends on how long we brush and how hard we brush. So uh, I think we need to like um, really look into the ingredients of the toothpaste and see how acidic it is and be careful when we um, try to buy these um, toothpaste. And actually, we have um, we are very concerned about um, the acidity of the toothpaste and the report uh, of Consumer Council that came out yesterday. And we have contacted a few of the manufacturers, and they have like actually provided us with some safety proofs and some studies. And however, the instruction, uh, the ingredients of each toothpaste is different, and the mechanism is also different. So I think um, for further information, um, you guys can contact the manufacturers to and ask them for more information about that. Right. Um, um, the Consumer Council's um, name three brands. Uh, are, are, you know, are these sort of very popular brands uh, of children's toothpaste, as far as you are aware? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I, I think so. They are like quite uh, common in the market. Mm-hmm. And and uh, are you surprised uh, that um, they they had a pH level lower than um, standard, the mainland standard? Oh, right. Actually, I know some of the um, toothpaste can be a little bit acidic, but I think um, the value can be dependent on the method of testing, and then it could be like, it varies a little bit, but then um, actually, um, my point is um, still that you have to see how acidic it is. If it's really very acidic, and like, like um, below like three or four, and then it's very acidic, and then it's not so healthy, but then yeah, we need to look at the the details of the of the um, of the test and then how it's done. And what is more, as I just mentioned, it depends on how you, how how you use the toothpaste. You you need to use the safe amount and then not to brush too hard. So I I, I think we need to further look at those brand by brand if we want to talk about that. Uh, and some of the brands were found to have uh, low fluoride levels as well. Yeah. Um, uh, how about that? Yeah, actually, fluoride is a um, very important issue as well because we, um, we fluoride is very like is the is the most um, helpful in chemicals that helps to like prevent tooth, tooth decay. So we usually have um, around ten uh, a thousand a thousand parts per million of uh, fluoride in our adult toothpaste, or more if the patient is like if the uh, if he's more risk more at risk. For having decay, will uh, the dentist will recommend him to have a higher level of um, fluoride in the toothpaste? And actually, uh, for children toothpaste, we do have some lower amount in uh, for fluoride in it because we consider that um, the, ch- the children are not very capable of spitting out the toothpaste, and they may ingest some of them. So um, there are some lower. Some, some, some toothpaste with lower level of fluoride in the market. And actually, it is around 500 parts per million. I think um, we would, uh, according to the um, standard, is still helpful. But of course, um, there is a choice. And there are some people who don't want fluoride in the toothpaste, and it's also fine. It's, it just depends on the consumer if they think oh, you want fluoride in the toothpaste. Well, I guess uh, children will have to rely on their parents to pick the right uh, toothpaste. Yeah. Uh, according to your experience, how, how conscious are parents uh, about uh, the choice of toothpaste? And, and not only that, um, how to teach their children to brush their teeth in, in, the, right, in the right way? 
Yeah, I, I think you mentioned a good point that brushing is very important. Brushing in the right way, not just about the toothpaste or what you, what, what what do you use, but then the brushing method is important. And I I think uh, it's right that many of the parents in Hong Kong are not very aware of the use of fluoride in the toothpaste, and then so um they also find it difficult to choose the amount, choose what. The level of toothpaste that is that should present in the to, in in the in the children's toothpaste, and yeah, I think they can go go uh, go to check like some uh, World Dental Federation that some guidelines for and advise the patient or uh, the parents on how to choose toothpaste. The uh, Consumer Council also talked about the presence of uh, uh, heavy metals like uh, arsenic and lead in uh, in some brands of toothpaste. I mean, I, um, it wasn't found to be to to exceed any standards, but the council did point out that uh, uh, over a long period of time, uh, such heavy metals could uh, can accumulate in the human body. I mean, do, do do you have any advice on how to minimise that risk? Yeah, that's an important point as well, because the heavy metal can cause health effects to the liver and the kidneys. And however, it's lucky that we find um, the, the amount is very trace amount is very low and then it's safe in the toothpaste. Um, but I have just mentioned, well, as, as I've just mentioned, some, some children may try to like, ingest, ingest the toothpaste. But so, that, so as a parent, I think um, they need to ensure that their children is not ingesting the toothpaste. And um, what's more, they need to con uh, they can try to control the amount of toothpaste that their children use. For example, now um, for children below three, will um, the the FDI will recommend that um, parents to use only a smear very small amount of toothpaste um, when they brush their children's teeth. So using that small amount, I think, is safe. So, yeah, the, the parents will have to take care of that. Okay, okay. Mm. Very sound advice. Thank you very much uh, for that, uh, Dr Flora Chan, a counsellor with the Hong Kong Dental Association. Uh, thanks to our listeners. Uh, that brings us to the end of the programme. Thanks very much to you, Ada. Thank you, Jim. Uh, so hold on. We're going to go to the news summary and uh, the brunch in a moment. Uh, quick look uh, at the weather. Uh, strong north to northeasterly winds. Uh, occasionally gale force on high ground. Uh, cloudy with occasional rain. Appreciably cooler. Temperatures will linger around 22 degrees today and fall gradually then to a minimum of about 19 degrees later. Seas will be rough with swells. The outlook, windy in the next couple of days, a few showers uh, tomorrow and remaining cooler in the morning. Sunny intervals on Thursday. It's currently 22 degrees, humidity 56% and the strong wind signal number three remains in effect. Drinking any type of alcoholic beverages, such as beer, wine, and spirits, can affect your health and increase the risk of various types of cancer, including cancers of the oral cavity, pharynx, larynx, esophagus, liver, colorectum, and female breast. When it comes to cancer risks, there is no safe level for drinking alcoholic beverages. The more alcohol you drink, the higher your risk 